Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Hey, it's Kyle Meredith, host of the Kyle Meredith with podcast presented by WFPK at WFPK.org and the Consequence Podcast Network. It's a series that puts the spotlight on iconic musicians and actors, inviting them to drop by and talk about their latest projects, whether it's albums, TV shows, films or beyond. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Here it goes. Without Spinal Tap, there is no Tenacious D. Whoa. (laughs) Man. We get great stories and the biggest scoops from people like Garbage's Shirley Manson, the 1975's Matty Healy, Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, Maya Hawk, Kiefer Sutherland, and everyone in between. New episodes arrive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. You can find Kyle Meredith with on the Consequence Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Something strange is in the air. On the eve of Lollapalooza 2021, we have cancellations, additions, confusion, all reign supreme. It's usually which bands this year that matter, but in 2021, it's more like which fests this year that make it. We promise it won't be a doomsday episode. Barry Corder, Brad Steiner, the What Podcast starts right now. gonna go grape ape i'm reaching through the microphone i'm gonna stomp your motherfucking ass what did i do nothing oh. you just you got me out of bed okay <laughs> it is seven o'clock at night uh, it's eight o'clock okay i've had a bad day i've had a bad weekend Why? what is it what's the trouble bubble oh my, my computer mm-hmm. uh, you don't even want to know that's it that's what's bothering Dad. Is his computers? Is there VCR down too? What else is broken? Can you not get the humidified dehumidifier on? I got a. Did they uh, shut down the early bird buffet? <laughs> we got there. The shrimp was the crab meat was gone. 
All of the crab meat was gone. <laughs> and the steak tasted like your mother. And that steak had been sitting out in the heat lamps forever. <laughs> tasted like your mother. Tasted God. like your mother. I wish. I wish it tasted yeah. like your mother. <laughs> what is the what is everything okay in your world? Uh, I think so. I mean what's it's the, what's the you matter? know all in all, I should tell you. I should tell you. I I I literally I got a call from a guy who's a, a living rock star who wanted to move sixty seven hundred vinyl records tomorrow in the heat and he needed a couple of teenagers. And and so I'm like, now I'm pimping I'm pimping teenage boys. <laughs> Cut that. Get that. Somebody get that. Grab that one forever. I'm pimping teenage boys. Now I'm pimping teenage boys. Welcome to the 2022 What Podcast t-shirt. I'm pimping teenage boys. I need you to help me schlep some records around. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. I'm pimping teenage boys. This was a two-hour part of my day. What, did you get the records moved? It's tomorrow. Yeah, oh, I think okay. I did, actually. All I right. know people. Now, I are know these people. records any good, or are they just all uh, one it's, record? It's actually Kings of Leon. It's their new record. They need somebody to help get them out to their fans. And uh, Well, the way that the, it's selling, I don't think you're going to need to worry about 60 No, these records. are sold. These are sold. Oh, wow, these that's are... stunning. So what is it, what what are you doing with Kings of Leon records? <sighs> they're... they're there is the question. Why am I involved? <laughs> I don't. And I, I'm, I'm glad to be because you know they reached out to me. They're friends of mine. But is I, it they, Leon? No. Uh, Are I'm you holding gonna, out friends for the show? Are you I'm holding not out? Gonna, I'm not going to say who, but uh, yeah, that's just random. Kings of Leon new record. I don't. I, I'm so, so much confused. <laughs> if you gave me a thousand choices to, to to try and figure out which, I would guess some sort of like really. You know, yeah, K Tail, Ron, Ron, what are, what are the old ones? The Ron from the seventies and eighties. Hey, it's the whatever. No, these are legitimate fan club records, Kings of Leon that have to be processed, and uh, I'm now involved. You're the guy for me. <laughs> I was just I was thinking just about you, Barry. Uh, I thought about what I who needed. can move this product. <laughs> Well, I mean, you you are the Swiss Army knife of everything in my life. So if the most random thing, ha let's be honest, if something were to happen and a very large, long vegetable found itself lodged in my body, you'd be the guy I'd call. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I have this thing. I have a thing. I have a thing. I have a thing. I need you to come over with a bucket. And a screwdriver. Can you and, help and me I would, out? And my answer would be, I got a guy. I got a guy. I'm, I'm on my way. <laughs> I got a guy. I got a phone number. Call yeah. this guy. You know, yeah. you're also, like, the one thing that you do, all these things that you have at your disposal, and yet not one time have you been able to, you know, carry out a hit on another life. <laughs> You no. just don't do hits, as far as you know. You're like you're like the good as mob far boss. As, you, as far as you know, I guess. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe that would be even that'd be the beautiful part, right? Yeah, maybe that's why you uh, keep I mean, building the I, pool over and over and over <laughs> and over. Maybe <laughs> I got a whole, I got a, I got a whole, uh, yeah, parking lot full of hits. Well, you don't know. Aside from your life being strange, do you feel something strange? By the way, have you hit record on this? Because I'm not seeing it. Yeah, it's it's good. 
All right. I just want to make this this good stuff. Oh, great stuff, yeah. I mean, I'm <laughs> pimping teenage boys. It's going to live forever. <laughs> uh, if, if your life is weird, do you feel anything strange happening in the air right now? I feel a ton, yeah. Something feels very odd. Now, I'm, the only information that I have, I'm going to say this straight up, uh, I've put out there on on uh, Twitter, the uh, Lollapalooza people are very very nervous. They're wringing hands nervous. There was a uh, feeling earlier in the week that the mayor was going to put a mask mandate on the festival that looks like that is not going to happen. Um, they, of course, are uh, demanding you uh, have a twenty or 72-hour test, which means a test 72 hours previous before you get into the festival, which means if you uh, got a test on, say, Wednesday, you need a test before you go back in on Sunday. Um this was described to me originally when they put the line out lineup out was um nobody's going to enforce this they're not even going to they're not even going to bother so it's all for show literally the quote was it was all for show it ain't for show anymore um they i cannot i'm going to be i'm leaving for Lollapalooza if i don't know when you're listening to this but i'm leaving for Lollapalooza on Wednesday morning and by Thursday when i get to the gate i hope to find the longest line that you could ever imagine because if the longer the line is Barry the more that they're actually checking these things and then putting a wristband on you that says that you are cleared and and tested negative or shown a uh, a vaccine card you and I talk how often every day well not enough I didn't know that you were schlepping teenage boys I didn't know either the three (laughs) Uh, yeah, I don't admit that to a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> but we talk, what, every two days? Three days, maybe? And this God, conversation... not listening right now. Uh, okay, so we, re, very randomly, uh-huh. and and we do. It's usually because you owe me money. Yeah. Um, does that help? Sure. Um, so, we, I mean, this conversation changed how quickly? A week ago? Yeah. Two weeks ago, at most. And, man, like I told you earlier today, I don't want to be. I, I don't you, wanna, you don't want to be doom and gloom. I, know. I don't want to be doom and gloom. I don't want to be chicken little. I don't want to be it's the end is nigh and all that. No. I don't well, want to be that guy. But your question three minutes ago, how does it feel? Something feels strange. Something feels strange. Well, you and- know, look, the the thing, I, I've done this, I've done radio for 21 years, um, and in the capacity that I'm in now, I've been for, I guess, 12 years now. I've never felt, you know how, like, you just feel the, the calmness before the hurricane? I guess I know this now, living in New Orleans, there's just this weird, um, docile, uh, calmness across the city before a storm hits. Um, it, that's what it feels like. And now, granted, I, I'm I'm making this clear. The Lollapalooza information that I shared is completely independent than anything else. I have no information about anything other than that, and that's what's really scary. That's what's Neither. weird, and maybe not scary, but it's bizarre. It surely is bizarre. The reason why, you know, this show in by itself is a little late on our schedule is because we've been waiting for a schedule to drop. Exactly. The schedule by all accounts, you know, should have come out by now. 
Um, that's yeah. strange. Uh, yeah. Not unheard of. Maybe no. we're reading too much into it, but man, something just doesn't feel right. Yeah, and, and then part of it is because we got Olympics going on with people getting sick. I mean, we got golfers, we've got stars, we've got people. I, I, I feel creepy even talking about it because, like I said, I don't want to be that guy. So, so Lollapalooza, know. I think, if, if I had to guess, um, Whatever happens this weekend at Lollapalooza is going to be... I think it's going to be huge. Yeah, I hate to use this analogy again, but it's going to be a major domino. If if you see this thing, a complete you know, clusterfuck, as far as an organizational thing, getting people in and out, 120,000 people in and out of a festival grounds um, with vaccine cards, uh, positive COVID, negative COVID tests, etc., on a daily basis, and then the aftermath of the next three weeks after, if there's a super spreader event that happened to happen in, in Grant Park, you're gonna. I just don't. I, I don't feel good about any of this. You know, we, you, I've I've been very. I've been told very clearly that the mayor of New Orleans does not want Jazz Fest to happen. She doesn't feel as though she's got the the bandwidth with the police department. She doesn't feel as though it's a it's a public health concern. Um, you know, there's some some political things in there and that she may just not like Jazz Fest. So, you know, Lord knows that's the kind of woman that she is. But um, it's been pretty open that she wants them to cancel Jazz Fest. And what does Jazz Fest do? Goes and adds another day. <laughs> with with uh, I, I, I've never heard of this band. I, who who was it they added? I've never heard of them. The Strolling some, Thrones. Yeah, um, some teeny tiny little nobody. Yeah, you know, I want to get to I want to get to that here in a bit. Because I know we'll I, come back I've to that. Some, I've got some, but no, I think I think you raised an an unbelievable point that uh, I think kind of gets lost in the mix. Us, even with me, or uh, I, I won't say you. I'll say me. Um. It's not just about the the uh, vaccine and the card and the whatever, you know. Are, are do we feel safe and all that? That which is huge. I don't I don't mean to miss that, to dismiss that, but the reality of it, the and and our our guys at Ruham, you know, and I and you sent me a text giving them full credit. What a great show they had. They, they touched on some stuff that you and I, because we don't go that route, we don't do general admission, never thought of. But the reality of it, um, and I think you mentioned it earlier, the how do you get 80,000 people in and out of a festival site? And do you do that comfortably? You know, we all just want to think about being inside having a good time shoulder to shoulder watching the Foo Fighters. Mm-hmm. We don't, <laughs> you and I have talked about it, but we haven't really focused on it. How do you make that work? Well, I did play, to play devil's advocate from all of this, uh, yeah, this could all be very, very bad um, come Lollapalooza weekend and the aftermath from it. But the thing, the difference between Lollapalooza, ACL, and then Bonnaroo is that Bonnaroo is self-contained, and if Bonnaroo yeah, but you still got to get them inside. That's my point. Right, but what I'm saying, oh yeah, true, but but you're not. Let me put it this way: once you're inside, though, at Bonnaroo, it's self-contained. True. 
Now, Fact. N- now, if if there is a world where all of the sudden Bonnaroo says you have to be vaccinated to show up, I mean, yeah, the time well, is the time the clock is ticking on making that a reality because you can't say that. Two weeks before the festival, yeah, you got to give somebody the, the takes full, four weeks. Yeah, you yeah, got to give somebody right. the full four to five weeks to make this work, right. and they're they're out of time when it comes to that. And our friend, uh, oh, I can't think of his name. I I, I will uh, from Stevie Canada. Wonder. <laughs> our friend Stevie Wonder from yeah. Canada has already said Canada's closing their borders. He can't make it. Um, he's been Wait, he was a guest who, who on the show. I, have, I haven't heard that. Oh, I saw that. Oh my really? God. You know me. I'm terrible with. It. His name is Bill <laughs> or or Jesse. Okay. I don't know. You know me. I'll think of it in a minute. I didn't. Uh, I hadn't heard Madison, that. Madison. Madison. Madison okay. from Canada. Seriously, Madison. Okay. Yeah. He said I can't make it because they closed the borders again. Uh, so that's that's another one. Um, you know, he. I, your point is exactly right. We're we're 34 days, something like that away. So if you haven't been vaccinated, it takes, depending on your vaccine, some or four weeks. Yeah, you're running out of days. Um, <clears throat> mm-hmm. So uh, it's, okay. So I don't think that they are going to force you to be vaccinated because I don't think they have the kind of time. But they could force you to show a negative test before you get there. Sure, um, that would be new, and maybe that's something they're trying to work out. Again, would at least I would. I think I would feel more safe in Bonnaroo space if everyone that walked in, for the most part, was honest about their their either vaccination status or their uh, negative COVID tests. I don't necessarily feel that safe with Chicago and Lollapalooza when you can intermix, you can you know in and out, in and out, switching wristbands. New people coming in every day, day pass after day pass. You know, with Bonnaroo, once your people are there, those people are going to be there the entire time. You're not going to be, there's not that many randomly new people showing up. Yeah, fair point. That's a, that's a good point. And if you got in, we would assume, yeah, all right. I get that. I'll, I'll go with that. So that's why I think that like there's a there's some sort of difference between Bonnaroo and and Lollapalooza. So, may, so again, this is all to play devil's advocate. At the same time, though, uh, the whole point that I'm trying to make is there is eerie silence here. Uh, and, yes, yes. And there's not just eerie, eerily, eerie si- silence from, from Bonnaroo. There's eerie silence from everybody. Everybody. In, in a way that I, like, I feel it across the entire uh, industry. I don't feel it just from Bonnaroo. No, um, that's that's what I was saying earlier. That's why I brought up Olympics. Uh, I mean, Lala, which you leave, you know, this week for, depending on when people are hearing. Yeah, no, I I get it. That's I totally agree. The silence is, I mean, it's terrible cliche, but the silence is pretty deafening because we're not hearing it from a lot of people. And um, and then on top of it all, for, for, put the silence in one basket, and then in the other basket is the total confusion about so much that hap- is happening uh, this year. Not only is 
are facts changing on the fly, and they're obviously having to, you know, rearrange things as they go. And and I'm sure every day comes a new argument for this, and then a new argument that completely is the opposite of that. Right, right. So um, I can't even imagine the to untangle all of that. But then you're asking, you're putting new policies in place, you're putting new organizational. Um, things in place. The the way to get in and out of Bonnaroo is going to be completely different. I what in the? I hate to be like baffled about this, but I'm I'm baffled. <laughs> who, who, who's <laughs> well, the running? The, who's I, running the place right now? The, the word um, I got that from some of our insiders. And, oh God, sounds so like I'm. You know, my guy inside told me, I don't mean it to sound like that. Inside Ian. We call him Inside Ian. Inside Ian. But that's what it sounds like. And I, I don't mean it to be like that. But what the word I got was the people who were making the changes are making changes. So what was there yesterday has already changed. So they're they're making it up. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't mean it to sound like, you know, they don't know what they're doing, but everything keeps changing. Yeah. Um, and, and in a normal year, that would be startling. But in this it would be year, st- exactly in this year, it's understandable. But at the same Completely. time, I, like I still haven't figured out. You know, frankly, C three is a major entity, and they know what they're doing when it comes to running Lollapalooza. But sometimes, even with them, it feels like they're walking around without any sort of direction whatsoever. And just hoping to God this thing doesn't go bad. And maybe, frankly, Barry, maybe that's the best that we could have hoped for. Well, I'll put it this way. If you were in charge, what would you be doing? I mean, I would be freaking the fuck out. Yeah. You I mean, let's be honest. You think you know what you're doing. You let's right. In what what department do you think? Everything. Everything. I mean, I don't know. That's true. you, You put events on. I've been involved in putting events on we'd like to think we know what we're doing that nobody knows what go nobody knows how to do this because it's never been done before i hope that anybody who is you know you, you do i'll put it this way i hope that nobody thinks that we're saying this as a negative no because, i'm not pointing it out though thank pointing you it out, pointing it out is is not the same thing as criticizing it i um, am not <laughs> Thank you. That uh, I'm glad you brought that up. I am absolutely not. My point is nobody's ever done this before and you know it the only comparison I can put to it is my industry newspapers. We did it for 200 and something years and we printed money. I mean we literally printed money. And you were there the day it started. I was there when when we ran the first dollar bill off the printing press. And uh, and then the Internet happened and it was like, we don't know what we're doing. And that's what it feels like. <laughs> and honestly, that way every day since. Hasn't it? Exactly. We don't know what we're we're reacting. We're not acting. Yeah. Um, and this feels like uh, actually I hadn't thought about it, but that's that's exactly what it feels like when we come out of this with festivals. They we, we don't know. And I think I said that to you a week or so ago. I it feels like it feels like it's a great opportunity for a restart for a lot of these festivals, things that they thought they should have fixed that they don't like, whatever. This is a great opportunity for them to fix. 
And I think they're going to do that, and I don't blame them. But could I sit here and predict to you what those are? No. But maybe I'm thinking about this all wrong, though. You know, Lollapalooza is happening in 48 hours. 48 hours is about the time, roundabout panic time, in probably any festival. You don't really know. You you have a good idea, and you have a good handle on most things, but you don't know how everything's going to go. You're worried about weather. You're worried about crowds. You're, you know, worried about... You know, a, a random guy from the top of a building shooting you. You know, you got security measures and things like. There's real concerns that you're you're panicked about. Um, so maybe if you're Bonnaroo or any of these other festivals that are are still holding on to the fall and hoping to God that it works, maybe you're just taking your time. Maybe the, this is much to do and more thought about from us maybe we think about this much more than they think about it maybe they see the the world happening in front of them they see the calendar they've got some time and there's no rush they've got a sold out festival they don't need to put out you know the schedule they don't need to do anything they don't need to put out press releases they don't need to talk to us they don't have to do any of this stuff so they could be sitting here for the next you know, three weeks and still be fine. Let's see how it plays out. Let's not panic and, and figure it out, you know, this time, you know, um, three weeks from now. That's, I, I would have agreed with you a while ago. The difference to me is, and and I, we're making this up. We are completely making this up, but so are they. I think you can count on the fans. I think in, in a weird way, the difference is this year you can count on the fans because the fans are ready to come. I think in the past that would have been your number one concern. Are we going to get the numbers? And maybe I'm wrong. I think the fans are coming. Um, I think what's different is the other side. It's the artist hesitation. The artist hesitation. Yeah. Uh, I don't I think get, that has ever been. I totally. I don't think that has ever been an element. I just and heard I a think story this today. year it's like, oh my God, the artist. Maybe they don't come. I just heard a story today, and um, I I can't believe I I didn't lead with this. So I heard a story today about a major artist playing Lollapalooza. I will not say who it is because it will. No, I, anyway, a major artist playing Lollapalooza that. The mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, asked to meet. And this artist said, no. (laughs) Yeah. Not politically. It wasn't a political thing. They're on the same side. They believe all the same things. And she got a big no. Yeah. Why? Because this person has said, nobody gets in my bubble except for my closest, my, my touring staff and my management and my band. I think that's nuts to me. I mean, if you went one, two, three, you know, artists used to be three cause the money was there. And then if you were super superstar, you raised at the top, but otherwise it was one, two, three. And now I think artist is one. And I think, uh, promoters and attorneys and all that becomes two. And I think three is way down and I could be wrong. But that's the way it feels to me. All of a yeah, sudden, we know that the fans are going to come, but the artists are questionable and becoming more and more questionable. Mm-hmm. And now it feels like, uh, you know, the other becomes 
you know, like you, you said. Remember, <laughs> do you remember when? The, do you remember when Major League Baseball went on strike in the nineties, in like nineteen ninety six? And yeah. all you heard from the top guys, like we're going on strike for the little guy, we're going on strike yep. for the minor league players. You know, it, it, sometimes I feel like these these artists are are coming to these festivals and performing just so the little guys can still get a paycheck. <laughs> you know, what, what does the what do the Foo Fighters need to do this for? You know, yeah. they've had COVID, they, they've had COVID break out in their uh, the group already. They had to cancel shows in L.A. Yep, for one guy. For one guy, they yep. don't have to do this. Right. But you know they're they're putting themselves out there because they really hope that you know, uh, Cannons makes a you know fifteen hundred dollars. I don't know. Maybe, I maybe I'm over. Maybe they are. Maybe they, I don't know. But it it's not about the fans. And that's not ugly. I'm just saying now the fan. We know the fans are coming. I'm just saying the pyramid is flipped, mm-hmm. um, and it it feels like it's flipping even more and more every day. Yeah, this uh, what's happening with the numbers in New Orleans. Just yesterday, there were 700 cases of uh, of COVID, and I know there are breakthrough cases. I just want I just want to say this one thing. This is the the paradox of our time: is that everything becomes political, and the things that shouldn't be political have been politicized. And you know, then who politicized the politicization becomes politicized. You, you can't even associate blame correctly anymore. Yeah, so, no, I, I, actually, I actually heard somebody say it, it's flipped now that the people who refuse to get the vaccine because they're getting sick are now the ones getting it because the GOP is losing voters because they're yeah. dying. Yeah. And well, I, I'm, I'm not trying to throw politics. I just thought, Wow didn't see that coming i mean it's just, it's just nuts because the, <laughs> the, the right will say the left politicized it the left will say the donald yeah. trump politicized it so sure. even the politicization is getting politicized I, Correct. it's become so it's, it's such a mind screw but here like at the end of the day <clears throat> you have i was in a text thread where somebody sent an article that said 27 people died that have were vaccinated died of COVID in Tennessee, 27 people. The exact same thing that was linked, right, in that news article. It was all from the same story. I found a link that said 98% of all COVID cases are from unvaccinated people. Those are the right. two headlines. And if you right. if you if you dug down deep, the the headline that read 27 cases in Tennessee of breakthrough deaths was by Sinclair Broadcasting, which was owned by a Republican. And the article that I found was written by Scripps, which is the left version of Sinclair Broadcasting. We can't even get the fucking story right. You know, we're telling the same story, but we've got the completely wrong... Everybody's got their own headline. Everybody's got their own different version of of what they're looking at. At the end of the day, we're trying to look out for each other. And the whole the point pers- of this is like we're looking out for each other. This I've gotten to the point, Barry, that I did this. Sh- I got the shot because of other people. Now I'm feeling like I got that shot from me. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, hate I got, that I'm I got the shot so I could go to Bonnaroo. Well, yeah. I mean, well, now I'm now I'm just like screw these people. They're not even trying. <laughs> They're not even trying. Yeah. Well, when you know when the governor of Alabama is calling you out something's wrong yeah you know it, it's yeah, it's know. Ni- it's nice to see some people show up and and uh, discover a, a spine but you know but it, point it's being, better late than never i suppose 
point being, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. It, 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 back to your original question, it feels weird. There's no question the, the, the electricity, the buzz, the whatever in the, in the air feels weird. I know, but if, if, if they, if they were delaying the schedule and having a little bit of like, you know, missteps along the way with new procedures in any other year would we be this worried about it uh wait i'm gonna have to think about that okay uh because as i've told you we're 42 days out or something like that whatever the you know you're hearing this i'm always worried about it at this point I mean, at this point, <laughs> we're we're, we're convinced things. it's going to be the worst show ever. Um, you, guys, you guys do this every year. Oh, stop! We have, stop! We, have, we stop. have a group of people in our in our campsite. Don't even any- act like you're not the leader of the the puckered up <laughs> <laughs> the puckered up party. <laughs> you are the absolute leader. <laughs> That's just not true. You guys get so worried that the time that, the moment that you show up, they're going to look at you like you've got. What are you doing here? Yeah, and they that's what I'm worried you about. But you, you're the one. You're the one. You're the one that showed up two years ago with your finger pointed at the guy who was trying to park us. This will never do. This is awful. And I'm like, Brad, who this who, guy who, is? Who won that conversation? By the way, I did because okay. he was oh. a friend from Chattanooga. Okay. We had already figured it out, and you showed up like Grandpa. <laughs> no, 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 I no. Show him. I'll show him. <laughs> this is the worst. No, um, and we all do that. But but anyway, this is to your point. Yes, um, we always do it. I always do it. Um, and I'm I like I said at the beginning. I am trying not to be. You know, things are bad because every year we do it and we show up and it's it's great. It's never not great, as our friend Ken Weinstein said. And I, I, I mean, it really is. It will be fine. It will be it, if it happens. But it, I just, I just, I know there's going to be changes, and it, you know, what's your percentage it, of it happening? Ooh, <laughs> ooh, ooh, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is today? Today is July twenty seventh. July twenty seventh. Yeah. I'm going to say I'm going to say it's a solid 88 90% happy. Wow, okay. That's much more optimistic than I thought you'd go. I'm going 75. Um, but it's I, it's going to change. You think it's going to change? I, I really I think ask me again on Sunday. I think Lollapalooza is huge. Yeah. Yeah, I think Lollapalooza is a massive and, and tell. I, I'll be honest with you, you know, I'll go I'll, kind of repeat this you know the the people inside of uh, Lollapalooza are panicked they're well maybe I shouldn't say panicked they are stressed out their hand they're wringing their hands they're very concerned about this I um I I'm less put it this way the outcome of what happens with all the other festivals in the country I think has more to do with the with watching how Lollapalooza organizes the entry and how yes. they manage yes. um, yeah. dealing Thank with you. all the, the tests and the cards and the whatever versus the super spreader event. I totally. And I, I think I 
tried to allude to that 10 minutes ago and probably did poorly, but that's exactly, I agree. I don't think it's as much about the numbers, though those will be key as the organization of it. That's right. If it's a, if it's a shit show organizationally, yeah. uh, because of COVID, then it's going to be tough to do any of them. If you don't think that if one of the, the top guys in C3 uh, sees the mess that this could be, then they might do a magical, great job at this. They might do an incredible job that makes everybody look around and say, we need to do it like them. Possible. They're very capable people at doing this, no matter they're what the you best. think about they're, them. They're as a, the best, yep. As a lineup producer. Either way, they're very good at this. But if, if it goes bad, I can imagine one of the C's calling insert festival organizer here or Live Nation and say, let me tell you, this is damn near impossible. Yeah, <laughs> this might I be agree. Impossible. I don't I, I don't think it will be canceled necessarily because, you know, 20 percent, 30 percent, whatever. I think it will be the logistics. And, and as related to that, it could be the bands that just say, mm-mm, mm-mm, we're not, you know. We're, yeah. we're out. Well, what I'm going to do is is uh, we're going to have a special show later this week. When I get to Lollapalooza, I'm going to try and put my eyes on as much as I can on Thursday, especially early when they first start, uh, and then later on in the day, and then and then maybe when the gates open on Friday, um, I'll get a better sense of it too. And then sometime around Friday night, Saturday, maybe we reconvene and do a really quick show. Maybe even do it on on Instagram and do like an Instagram live or something, Barry. Where um, yeah. You I know, we it. just go through some of the the things that that I've seen that are different, maybe um, problems, celebrations, etc., and just see, see what happens. I I don't know what to expect, though. I really don't. They they have asked us to do certain things that I'm not necessarily able to say yet um, when it comes to getting on site. So uh, maybe I'll be able to share those when I actually get there. Um, yeah. But all I do know is there's a. If you think there is, there are changes at Bonnaroo happening in GA backstage in Cineru, Man, the changes that are happening in Lollapalooza are just out, 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 unbelievable. They're yeah. out of this world. The list is as long as I can. I can give you a piece of paper. So I'll give you what I can on Thursday and Friday, and then we'll see what happens from there. All right, I love yeah. it. Um, so let's uh, get into this this thing about the the Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones were added to Jazz Fest, <clears throat> and I I don't want, didn't anticipate to spend much time on this, but I I first thought that Stones being added to Jazz Fest was maybe one of the biggest additions in the history of American festivals, and then I remembered that they were already booked to do Jazz Fest in twenty nineteen, <laughs> so. Um, this is just like them doing a make good, essentially. And then somebody on Twitter had this brilliant poll, and I had totally forgot it. Prince was a late ad on at Coachella. Man, oh man, is that big. Um, but the Stones going to, to Jazz Fest, all I know is what the external people say about it and feel about it and what New Orleans feels about it. Um, outside of New Orleans... You see Jazz Fest getting the stones, and you say what, Barry? I, I told you, the, getting the stones for anything is the biggest ad in the history of whatever. I mean, they're I the biggest I, band I think, in the world. I think, I think Prince trumps it, but nah, it's no. debatable. No. I mean, personally, but I, 
No, the Stones are huge. The Stones are the biggest band in the world. And Prince is huge. I love seeing Prince. I love, love. But, okay, those are That two. was the only show he did that year, man. Yeah, but I saw him at Memorial Auditorium. Oh, stop it. Yeah, I did. Right. Okay, but point point being, what did, your feeling about the Stones getting added to Jazz Fest was one of euphoria. You thought it was, it was big, massive. It was you thought huge. It was big. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, this is what... Inside the city, there were two reactions. One, who cares? It's not going to happen because they're going to cancel it anyway. <laughs> and then two, oh, they created a rich white guy day. <laughs> because what they did was they put the stones on their very own day with no other band on the lineup, with nothing else happening. They put the stones on Wednesday night and for the low, low price of $189 for as a ticket. Extra. Oh, as an extra. Okay. Wow. You can walk in a jazz fest and have a blast. Wow. Eat some crawfish mac and cheese, baby. Yeah. You know what? You told me. Now, if you want to upgrade it, you can. That's going to be an extra three, $400. But they added a day for rich white people. Wow. Okay. So it didn't go over well. Is that what you're saying? I, I just don't think. I don't think it. I just don't think it was. As it'll much of do an event well. As people I mean, thought it'll do yeah, fine, but it just wasn't yeah, as much of come. an event as you know right. normal like festival guys think of it would be. Yeah, but I mean, I'm starting to kind of be turned off on the whole jazz fest thing. From what you've been telling me, it doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun. <laughs> I actually our type of fun, Barry. It's a lot of fun. I mean, there's not a human being in the city that doesn't adore it and love it with everything they have. You just have to reset your expectations for it. Here's my thing, then. Can I sit on your roof without any trouble and watch the Rolling Stones perform? Well, first off, I ain't putting you on my roof. We are a good 50 feet in the air. You're not getting on my roof. Well, then Um, I'm then no. If I have to go to any trouble. (laughs) <laughs> That's I mean, it's... no, you can't sit on my roof. No, you can't do that. Um, you could get close. To... No, it's a massive fairgrounds. You couldn't even well, sit on a I'm roof around the fairgrounds and watch it. That's this, isn't the, this isn't the Chicago Cubs. You know, you, can't, <laughs> you don't get outfield seats in an apartment complex. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I've never seen them. I've never seen the Stones. I haven't either, and and maybe we get there. But I, I'm excited to see at least you know a if it happens, and then b you know what kind of crowd they get. I get what you're asking me. Does it change? How, how does it change the festival world? I don't know. Uh, does it? Uh, well, you remember what I said a couple of weeks, or a couple of months ago, when they were putting out these lineups. I said, why not just put everybody on the fucking lineup? What does it matter? You know, right. if you th- if you have this expectation of it not happening, you might as well just book everybody. Well, that's that was the other thing you you had said about the lineup, the Jazz Fest. Did, I mean, did somebody come up with three million dollars just so they could say they have the Stones on it? I mean, is it purely political or is it an actual man? I, mean, I don't. Who's I don't driving know. that train? I I don't. It's I don't New Orleans know. Jazz and Her- the Jazz Heritage Foundation, um, which is just rolling in money. This these people just have so much money. Uh, there also kind of goes back to that whole thing. Doesn't matter because it ain't happening, which is funny. It is. I mean, I mean it's a funny. There, there is a very look. The numbers here have just gone. They've just gone through the roof, and it's mostly because Louisiana is the worst vaccinated state in the country. 
Right. So they're going to, they're okay. So it's, if it's 2 million or 3 million, they take their, uh, their percentage and then it doesn't happen because the numbers are up. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll have you back next year. We'll have you back next year. Mick, Mick never even, uh, gets a haircut. Never got a haircut, you know, never left the house. (laughs) That's good business. the, The final thing that I wanted to bring up on this, uh, yet again, this quick episode, um, this short one again, which is, which is always our longest. Yeah, no, it always <laughs> happens. Um, I watched the Woodstock '99 documentary. Me too. Oh my god, God, I, I, I don't want to talk about this because I'll talk about it for another half an hour. Yeah, do we need to do another show? Because I could. Um, we really could. Well, look, we can my, do it tonight, or we can do it later. But I had, yeah, I had I'm two big takeaways. I'll just do, I'll just do top, top level stuff. So, I had a couple of big takeaways. One was. You know the misogyny and the the disgusting. Right? It was disgusting, right? And you know a group of angry white kids screaming the N word. You know, it, it's grabbing, all awful. Look, we boobs our guy up. Brian Stone was there, and I told him he was. That he that's, was there. That's true. I know, and he's. I told him it's like nothing. You don't. You're the closest representation of what they said was there that I could have ever known. You are 20, you've been given everything in your life, you're upper middle class, and you're angry, and you don't know why. Yeah, because your flannel doesn't fit right. And and that was the group of people, the, the 100,000 some odd kids that were there. So yes, A, the misogyny was was uh, just hard to, to deal with. A group, 100,000 people screaming the N-word to a black man um, was just i wasn't that was the least offensive i know i was going through the list of stuff that really really bothered me at the same time though i can talk out of both sides of my mouth that that was sort of the culture at the time and i don't know if we are horrified so much as you know watching it back and saying look at these people what was wrong with them or are we looking back and horrified saying look at all of us you know, yeah, Limp Biscuit, just because Limp Biscuit sucks, but don't forget, they were like the biggest band in the world in 1998, right. 1999. Yeah. Uh, my, my, my three quick things. Um, yeah, the misogyny, the, the way women were treated is unbelievable. And what's stunning, well, it was stunning the way women were treated, but three years later, 2002 the first Bonnaroo it changed women rule Bonnaroo well yeah a lot of people will say that the, that that was this the the band-aid being ripped off was Woodstock 99 was sort of like the the catalyst that ended all of the aggressive white male uh, I, stuff I, of Kid I Rock I think and, so I mean I showed up at Bonnaroo as a 40 something year old thinking dang these young women got it going on and that's a whole nother topic we can get into. The other thing is, right, but, but stop there for a second. It was it the, the organizers being so completely baffled, and then blaming yeah, the he women. Was even even how many years later, still blaming the women for it. He was clueless. He is clueless. He's an old guy. I mean, his. I'm not going to go there, but but. Yeah, the nudity still happens at Bonnaroo, but nobody's given disrespecting the women. It's like if they want to be naked, they're naked. 
That's what I mean. It completely flipped in three years. Mm-hmm. So that's a point. The The other point that stood out to me was the uh, the female reporter from Washington. MTV. MTV? Yeah. Who said this generation, the organizers of the, this event wanted to wanted to basically base it on a a um uh what did they call it a um in 1969 everybody had a a, a something they were fighting against mm-hmm. and they wanted to import it on mm-hmm. the 1999 mm-hmm. and this generation had nothing they were fighting that's right. against that's right because they, they were i thought 20 that was year old such, white kids upper middle class given white everything kids who were angry and they didn't know what they were angry about. I didn't know what they were angry. I right. thought that was such a great point. But but I mean, the, back to you, but the reporter. So so this is where this is my other big takeaway. The reporters that were there. First off, you know they kept blaming MTV yeah, as I if did. a crowd of a hundred thousand kids who had to go to a payphone to make a phone call were watching yeah. MTV in the field. Right, you know, couldn't how, get water. How could you blame a field full of kids who can't even make a phone call or go to an ATM and blame MTV on their reaction? That yeah, is that absurd was, and bizarre to me. Secondly, that was re- revisionist. No, Barry, question. they were doing they were doing daily press conferences. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. these guys were standing up and talking about this festival on a daily basis, which tells me. You know, there is a chasm between the backstage area and the regular, you know, the GA area in every festival. Well, did, but do you did think you not, and I have, do we have that issue, Brad? Did they I not mean, walk Brad? out? Did they not even stand on a stage? Did they not walk out to the crowd? Did they not know anything that was happening in that festival whatsoever that they decided to stand up in front of the press every day and answer questions about and it? Talk about how great it was. No, I, 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 I know. And, and, you know. You and I have to be careful of that too, because we're you know backstage. But I don't, I don't. Well, I don't think we're lost in it like they were. Yeah, but, but I don't think I'm shouting somebody down for telling me that there's enough water. I mean, the the woman yeah, exactly. basically, the journalist, the female journalist said these kids don't have water out there, and the guy basically yeah. responded with, "Well, we hooked up a hose." Yeah, yeah. No, no. He was. He was. Look, I had Those forgotten. Guys be in jail. I had forgotten a lot of that, um, but it's funny. Somebody, our friend Trevin um, and and David, you know, who now are friends of ours, been on our show, and they go to all kinds of festivals. They were like, "Yeah, you know what? If that's what would have been happening, I would never have gone to a festival." Well, that's and but, I was like, "Me too." That's why I didn't go to well, 2007. Well, here's because the thing. that's what was in my head. I know, but here's the thing. There was a uh, time where Kid Rock came to Chattanooga to a play at a place called the Bay, and there were twenty five people there. There was nobody there. It was before and he, I think he brought uh, what's Mini Me. So, no, Mini Me was out at Skies. Wait, and, go ahead. And ten years later, when Kid Rock hit, it was like the whole city had been at that show. Oh yeah, I remember seeing Kid Rock there. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, I, it was. I'm getting guys come out of the woodwork that I know. All of the sudden, have been they went to Woodstock '99. Now I'm not going to like deny that they were there very well that they could, but there was everybody that I've met that have that has been there or that was there rather. They said they didn't see any of that. 
They knew it was a shit show. They knew it was dirty. They knew they didn't they didn't have really? any showers okay. and they didn't have any water. But they didn't see any you know any of the raping. You know they didn't. You know, they saw like kids being kids, and you know half the audience well, is on acid. So how in the hell are they going to remember most of what anything I, that happened? I can't I can't disagree with that. The other thing is, but I the other, I mean there were like four or five main points that I took from it. One being the nostalgia for nineteen sixty nine. I mean, I was six at the time, and for most of my teenage years, I thought, man, I would have loved to have been at Woodstock. No, 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 no. Well, that's the other thing that that they say that I think that, you know, there's even a documentary, I think, on Hulu that the the majestic nature, the the glorification of 69 Woodstock is just so sick to me. You know, yeah, that, that was a sh- that was just as big of a shit. Literally show as a shit was. show. Literally that mud and all that. Well, people, that was you know that talk that about, ain't mud. We weren't you know. supposed to get too deep in this, but man, how yeah, much did your stomach turn when you saw those just, kids jumping into puddles at, oh next God, to porta bodies? Yeah, and so hello exactly. dysentery. No, thank you. And uh, so I don't want any part of that. And uh, you know the whole Hendrix thing. People talk about he didn't play till Sunday morning. You know, or Monday morning, even maybe. I think it was Monday morning, right? It was over. Uh, so yeah, there's this whole nostalgia part of it. Uh, Woodstock '99, the same. <sighs> you know. The other thing too, by the way, they only had two stages. Imagine a music <laughs> they were festival a mile surviving apart. today with two stages. They were a mile apart on yeah. a concrete concourse. Hysterical. I mean, yeah, hysterical. It was, it was just bad on every level right. um it's a great documentary it's so for people good who it is so so good yeah and and if you're watching it and you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking why are these two guys still talking that's not what it's like <laughs> well hey by the way <laughs> they the figured thing, it out well the thing that the thing that the uh, oh yeah no kidding no festival is like that anymore except no. for you know the fire festival but like the um that was written. That was written and directed and, and put together all by Bill Simmons. You know, Bill Simmons started as a guy who just wrote about sports. The dude was just writing about the Celtics. You know, he was a Boston yeah. sports writer, and then he turns around and he's got a podcast corporation that's worth billions of dollars. The guy gets a, a deal with HBO and ESPN. He's a monster, um, and he's got a whole bunch of other music documentaries coming out over the the rest of the month. I think he's doing Juice World, he's going to do DMX. Um, I think he's going to do the the Studio 54, something like that. Maybe it's just disco. I can't remember, but it there's a whole series of these documentaries coming. He's just so good. He's so so good. So if you have any opportunity to watch this, please do because if you like music festivals and you like where, you know, they have come. It started from that shit show. Yeah. I mean, to your point, is it accurate? I mean, it's always it's always through the lens of the teller. Uh, I don't know how much of the the misogyny and all that went on. I wasn't there. Uh, I I just know that I've not seen any of that at Bonnaroo. Well, if a woman I'm sure walks by and she's putting her boobs out, what do you expect a guy to do? What do you, oh, I, God, I mean, God. I, I wanted to punch him right through the. Stupid I mean, how many TV. times have you seen it? And it's like, eh, you know, good, go, bye, yeah, see you. How many times have you seen some sort of redneck dude grab boobs at Bonnaroo? Never. None. Never. None. Do you know what else I've never seen at Bonnaroo? A fight. 
I've never seen. I've said this. I haven't for, seen a fucking bug. I haven't I, seen a. I haven't seen a bite. <laughs> bite. Seventeen bug, years. Bite. Seventeen years. I've only seen one crossword, <laughs> and that was two years ago. And it was somebody in the uh, yelling at his wife outside the festival. Oh, that's funny. First time. First time. I've never seen a crossword. Well. You know, this quick show yeah, only lasted 52 minutes, buddy. So uh, we did it. Congratulations. It's the <laughs> shortest could, quick could, show we've had. I could do Woodstock for more. We need to revisit. Well, that was our quick update uh, of uh, what's going to happen this week. Maybe we'll uh, jump back in here and do an update on Lollapalooza. If not, Barry, uh, thank you for your patience. And hopefully we get a schedule here soon. Yeah, yeah, I think we should. All right. All right. Let, let me we have thing. We have uh we will have uh I know we'll have Jeff Quayer on to talk about details of Bonnaroo coming up soon. I'm looking forward to that because right. we we haven't had that one in a long time. Yeah, we haven't. It's been a year. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the What Podcast. Rate review if you can. Uh, we'll talk to you later this week. Love you. Bye. Consequence Podcast Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.